You want to open with prayer with us? I know you've just been at a prayer meeting. It was great to catch up with you earlier. Always a blessing to share with you and fellowship with you. But if you would like to open our time in prayer, that'd be great. Okay, Kenny. And, and you can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Lord Jesus Christ, we just, first of all, we just pray that you cover Kenny's, um, Kenny's house by your blood. Uh, Lord, that you put your uh, angels around this house and around all the believers um, in Israel. And uh, we just pray that, Lord, that you would guide uh, the IDF um, there and that, and that they would know your salvation. And we just thank you for this time together, um, Lord, that you bless everyone that's on Facebook right now and that you bless everyone that's on YouTube right now. And um, I pray um, and that you bless our fellowship together. And, Lord, I just pray that as um, Kenny opens the scriptures, uh, that, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would speak to us for your word and that you would meet with us tonight, Lord, because we come together to bless your name. We come together to learn from you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we just pray, Lord God, that you bless everyone that's here and we pray for the peace of Israel. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you, Russell. Hallelujah. What yeah. a blessing to be together. And uh, man, just to, to, to realize we've spent these last couple of weeks just hanging out in John chapter 14. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with uh, what we've been sharing. Just as we're going through this portion of scripture, and I'm encouraging every one of you, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, go over it, go over it, press in and understand the reality of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and the words that Yeshua leaves with us in these three chapters is amazing. Now, many people like to uh, collate together chapter 13 through to 17, and I understand that, and that's great, you know, because we talk about after the time of Judas leaving, and then it's Yeshua with the 11 disciples and the whole process of what takes place, you know, from John chapter 13 through to Messiah's prayer uh, in chapter 17. So if you want to incorporate those chapters, that's fine. But I'm just encouraging everyone to really focus on 14, 15, and 16, because these are key words for the believer and our walk. Now, we got down to verse uh, 27 last week. And I tell you, you know, one of the biggest impact in scripture in my childhood, I remember I had this, you know, memorization verse right underneath uh, the big painting above the fireplace in my parents' house when I was uh, 12 years old. And it's, but the advocate, it's verse 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. These words are so powerful because we are called to be taught by the Spirit. Hallelujah. We're called to be taught by the Spirit. It is a blessing when we receive instruction from teachers and from other ministry gifts. That's a blessing. But the foundation of discipleship is not about what we learn from man. It's us coming to a place uh, of, of drawing near in the Spirit, receiving that gift that Yeshua says is coming from the Father that he sends to us. And of course, if we go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and you know what does it say there? Uh, when we are in the Messiah, we recognize that we are also chosen 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now, it's an interesting scripture there in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 1, because this predestination can sometimes pose to be a problem with the Calvinist viewpoint and people who say, well, what's the point in witnessing? Because the only people who are going to get saved are the ones that have been predestined. No, there is the predestination of Yehovah, and there's also your will and our will. We have the ability to choose him. And here, here's the key. You know, you you think, or we think we chose him, but he chose us. But here's the reality. How can a God judge people if they were predestined for damnation? That wouldn't be fair, would it? That just wouldn't make sense. So we have choice. And it says in John chapter 3, verse 16, that Elohim so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we see the love that the Father has for the whole world, and we want to get to that place where we recognize the importance of who the Messiah is within our life and that, yes, he chose us, before the foundation of the earth. You are born for such a time as this. How many people do you speak to on the streets? You know, Russell and I were talking about this earlier, sharing faith. He was sharing with uh, one of the chefs at his work and and just saying, you need Yeshua, you need Jesus. You know, you uh, just sharing with them in the days in which we're living and the tough things that we're going through. Look around. Don't you know this is time to repent and it's time for salvation, and sometimes when we're sharing these words with people on the importance of receiving the Messiah, they, it falls on deaf ears. They can't understand. They can't receive it. It's like, how long is it going to take for that word to go in? And I want to encourage you that we press in and pray for those who are not yet saved, that we even set aside time to fast and intercede on behalf of the lost these are vitally important things within our witness. Why? Because spiritual authority has been given to us, you know, to see his kingdom come and his will done on the earth as it is in heaven. We have authority in the spirit. We can pull down strongholds, as we see in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So as we look at the importance of the Spirit, we see that predestination in verse 11, and I'm, I'm kind of going around the mountain a little bit here, but, you know, uh, my prayer is that the words that we speak tonight are words that bring life and words that will be exactly what we need to hear. We've got um, Caroline and Albert on the, the Facebook page as well. We've also got Alexandra uh, as well. Oh, we've got quite a number of people uh, on the Facebook. We've got Glenn, we've got Jason, we've got Mark Benson. Hey, Mark, good to see you in Sarnia. Um, we've got Manuel, we've got Jim, um, we've got Hannah, uh, we've got Joseph, we've got uh, Galen and, and uh, um, New Zealand. Blessings to you all. What a blessing to have you all on here. This is great. Just seeing how many people are coming in. And we've got Chris joining us as well on the Zoom call. Good to see you. So when we are sharing the word and we're pressing in, what we are looking for is to have an ear to what the Spirit is saying. So I might have a direction that I want to speak in and something that I want to share, but something I say might trigger the word of Yehovah into your life. 
because discipleship is not about learning the logic and reason and learning the facts and learning to memorize and get a hold of the whole Bible. No, discipleship is knowing the voice of the Spirit. My sheep know my voice. And we have got to be a people that master the ability to be found in fellowship with the Spirit and not just seeking knowledge. Now, in the flesh, man has a huge problem. Man just wants to know. Listen, man doesn't want to be out of control. Your flesh doesn't want to be out of control. Your flesh doesn't want you submitting to the will and purposes of God. Why? Because my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Your ways declares the sovereign Lord. So when you look at the ways of Yahovah versus how we see things, well, so how do we see things? Let's think about that for a second. I always like to picture my little Jack Russell, you know, he's one foot off the ground, right? But why is it that he knows his way all around this community? He's like a city dog. He knows when he needs to get to the beach, he knows what roads to go down. You know, oh, no, we're not going that way. We're going this way. And he's got this perspective. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we're going this way. You know, this is the way we're walking today. He's like, oh, no, I don't think we're walking that way. And he wants to choose the route and the, the path that he wants to go on. And sometimes I've got to put my foot down and say, this is the way we're going. Because I know how much time we have. You know, I haven't got two hours to walk to the beach every time I take him for a walk. So he's got an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. Well, he wants to go on a route that's going to take longer. I'm going to cut in on him and make him take that other route. So our perspective versus God's perspective, just picture that. Man, he is all-knowing, all-understanding. He knows what's going on. He knows the end from the beginning. And here we are. We prophesy in part. We know in part, all right? So what's the key in our life as believers in Yeshua? Submission to the will of Yehovah. It's, it's not my will, but your will be done. And this is what Yeshua taught us. He taught us the importance of submission. And this is his life's demonstration as he walked the earth was to, to say, listen, the words I speak, they're not my own. They come from the Father. So when we see the opening of John chapter 14, I'm just going to go over a couple of bits of that. I know I've got my finger in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to get that. No, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Okay, Let, let's get some order here in what I'm saying. Okay, verse 11, we just did that, verse 12. In order, this is Ephesians 1 verse 12, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Messiah might be for the praise of his glory. What, what's this talking about, these early disciples? The testimony of the reality of the Spirit in action within their lives. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but, you know, when I listen to these people that are trying to tell uh, tell you that the deity of Messiah is not real or Yeshua is not the Messiah, and they come out with all these, uh, you know, this Paul's misquoting this. Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, we've all seen those videos, all seen this Jewish way of trying to come against uh, the reality of the Messiah, right? But what do we have? We have people who testify. I saw Yeshua. I saw him for those 40 days he walked the earth. We received the Ruach HaKodesh. We received power from on high. 
We're walking in the authority of the Spirit. We're witnessing the transforming power by the Spirit. And what are we witnessing here? We're witnessing the praise and the glory of a mighty God in action because of the work of Yeshua. So uh, I, I want to get on the verse. I'm trying to get down to verse 14 if I can in this, because this is not my portion to preach on. I just want you to understand the importance of the Spirit. Never underestimate that when you get up in the morning and press in, don't just get into pressing for knowledge because mankind is addicted to knowledge. Oh, just teach us this, just give us knowledge. And we get so addicted to information. You've got to slow right down and come into the presence of Yahovah and don't come in with the agenda of yesterday I was reading this portion and I'm just going to continue reading today. No, come in and listen. Come in before Yahovah. Come before him and say, here I am. I sit before you today, Father. I want to be in the presence by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive instruction for you. I can't do this on my own. I can't get through this day on my own. You know, we've got these cell phones and uh, social media and all this stuff. You know, you can get so bombarded the very second you wake up, you know, I, I go to bed early. Haley, Haley goes, she likes to stay up late. And I'm I'm up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, nice and early. You know, she's not up early. And I'll I'll notice that when she's coming to bed, she's got on my phone and she's got this do not disturb stuff going on and she's shutting everything down because my phone will just ping like crazy. It just doesn't stop because there's so many people in different time zones. And when I wake up in the morning, my goodness me, when I try and Look at what's going on with the phone. All of a sudden, ping, 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 ding, ding, ding. Everything's going crazy as it's waking up. And, you know, you can fall into the trap. Am I going to spend the first half an hour with my eyes open, studying my phone and all the things that happened during the time I was sleeping? Or do I get into the presence of Yehovah? Why? Because there's going to be a message on there. There's going to be something on there that's going to seek to rob your time in the presence of Yahovah. The devil wants to rob your peace. He wants to take away that connection that we are called to have in the presence of Yahovah. So verse 13 of Ephesians 1, and you also were included in Messiah when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. That's what we shared Yesterday, if you saw what we shared on the Shabbat message yesterday from Romans chapter 9, the importance of hearing the message of the gospel. Now, today, we don't really hear the message of the gospel. I was just looking at some of the commentaries concerning John chapter 14, and not one of the commentaries were talking about the context of the beginning of John chapter 14. Why is Yeshua going away? What is the purpose? He's going away to prepare a place for you. It is about the marriage, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And, you know, oh, that's just not important to most theologians of the past. But we need to understand, we've heard the message of truth the gospel, the true gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Oh, praise the name of Yeshua. Man, if I wasn't attached to this little microphone here, I'd just take off and do some running right now. Why would I do that? Because I'm marked with the promised seal of the Ruach HaKodesh. 
It's the deposit guarantee. And I don't know about you. We all know about deposits. Listen, if your credit is bad, anyone ever had bad credit? <laughs> Come on, be honest. You know, if your credit's bad, right? What what's what is the what happens about the deposit? You need a higher deposit, right? You know, things have got to get higher. So what do we understand? Your credit's good, the deposit's lower, your credit's bad, <laughs> the deposit's higher. It's the protection. It's the security, the deposit guarantee of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you know, I'm not satisfied with a 10% deposit of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but it's it's a deposit. It doesn't say what percentage the deposit is. It's just a deposit guarantee that we have the Spirit. So I want more of the Spirit because if I can receive more of the Spirit, more of the authority of the Spirit, what's going to happen in my life? I'll be, I'll be able to witness and testify to the manifest power of a mighty God. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles and the transforming power of a mighty God within my life. Holy Spirit, may the glory of Yeshua shine through my life, shine through your life as we seek to serve Yehovah, with all of our heart and with all of our soul, oh, all of our being, praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. And some of us have got off track with the importance of delving in. And, you know, you have got to draw a line within your life and say, enough's enough, devil. You know, time's up, devil. Elohim has taken over. There's so much dilution, Right. There's so much diversion, right? There's so much division that we're losing touch with the reality of the Spirit. I want to see a mighty outpouring of the Spirit and salvation to come to the land of Israel. I want to see those that are around me uh, have visions and uh, revelation of the Spirit. I might be talking about pig's hoofs or probably nothing, and all of a sudden they're having revelation of the glory of Yahovah. You know, have you ever been in a place where I was I was in a hotel in, in uh, South Africa, in Johannesburg, in the Santon Square, and I'm just walking in the hotel on this floor, and the Holy Spirit starts to speak to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just praying in the Spirit, not out loud. I'm just minding my own business. And this man screams out. He said, I can't see you. And he's, he's screaming out, right? This is the Michelangelo Hotel. Man, it is a huge dome. And when, you know, people are whispering, you can hear it like half a mile away. It's a big dome. And he he's like, I can't see you. All I see is a shining light. All I see is a shining light. It's God. All I see is a shine. And he's screaming. I'm like, man, Shara Masitaka, hallelujah. You need to receive Yeshua. You need to accept the Messiah. This is the day. This is the hour of your salvation. You know, are we ready for that? Are we ready to experience more of this? How many divine appointments and holy assignments are we walking in? You know, don't take for granted the connections that you have within your life each day. Father, guide my steps, lead me into the paths of righteousness, bring me across those that need to hear your message. And sometimes it's not about us speaking all the time, but just the very fragrance and knowledge 
of Yahovah that dwells within us being released to those who are around us. So there's a promised Holy Spirit, the seal, it's the promised Holy Spirit, the guaranteed deposit of our inheritance until the redemption of those who are Elohim's possession to the praise of his glory. Listen, there's no one can come along and try and convince me that Yahovah is not real. There's no one that can come along and tell me Yeshua is not the Messiah. Why? I know him. He lives within me by the Spirit. He guides me. He speaks into my life. He tells me what to do. He, he tells me the steps that I have to take. And this is how we are called to walk. That's true discipleship. And in everything I do and everything I teach and everything I share with others, I'm always sharing and teaching on the reality. You must understand how to live life in the spirit. And that's what Bulldozer Faith is all about. It's not about being a bully and being a thug in faith with your bulldozer. No, it's you can't live this life with the old life as your foundation. So if you're in Messiah, you need to bulldoze the old man and say, you are gone in the mighty name of Yeshua. I'm a new creation. The old is gone and behold. Don't we like that word, behold? You know, I don't think we use it so much. You know, you're, you're not uh, walking down the street using behold, you know, <laughs> uh, in your normal talk. But, you know, it's understanding who he is and what he wants to do within our lives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Yeshua is saying in John chapter 14, I've got to go away. I've got to prepare a place for you. Why? Because this is the coming into the new covenant that we see in Jeremiah chapter 31. You know, we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 15 at the beginning. And, you know, what's the word that we see? You know, we've got, don't let your hearts be troubled in chapter 14 of John, you go to Genesis chapter 15, and what does uh, Yahovah say to Abram? Do not be afraid, Abram. Don't be afraid. <laughs> what, you know, what's the problem? Why, why are we going to have our hearts troubled? Why are we going to be afraid? Why? Because there's circumstances and things that's going to take place before you that you don't understand, that you can't comprehend. Listen, you can have an encounter with Yeshua, be supernaturally transformed, and you haven't even read the Bible yet. <laughs> you know, some people would have a huge problem with that. Listen, the disciples were sent out to, to do what? Pray for the sick, right? Cast out devils. This is before the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua. You know, uh, no, no, he can't go out casting out devils. He's not got born again yet. No, he's not... Uh, <laughs> Listen, what do we need? We need the fullness of Messiah dwelling within our lives. And that's our prayer today, that we can experience the richness of his fullness. Now, we have a lot of false gospel going on around. And John chapter 14 should clear up so many things within our experience, within our walk. When Yeshua says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. So, you know, Russell and I were talking about this earlier. Also, I get all these videos sent to me. If you send me videos, listen, look, I appreciate it. I don't always get to see it, but everyone wants to send me a little video of this, a little video of that. It's okay. You know, some of them I watch. But one of the things I noticed, there's so many Christians, Arabs, and Orthodox Jews all coming together in different congregations 
across America, in the UK, and other places. And it's like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, we've got religious Jews coming together to pray. We've got Christians coming together to pray. Listen, there is one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. You know, we talked about this in Romans chapter 9. I don't care about your zeal. If it's not unto the zeal of righteousness, the righteousness of Yahovah found in Messiah, you know, your zeal counts for nothing. You know, your zeal counts for nothing. I see uh, um, Messianic uh, ministries here in Israel, they're posting the wailing wall and all the people praying and, oh, wow, look at them all standing, calling on the name of God in the midst of this war. Listen. Yehovah's not listening to their prayers because it's the prayers of the saints that makes a difference. And, you know, it's not that God doesn't hear. Yes, he hears, yeah. But if they're in a rebellion, it doesn't mean they're going to receive the answer. But as believers in Messiah, you know, we are called to stand in the gap. We're called to pray. We're called to press in. So Yeshua, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he's not joking when he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, this is the reason why I believe in Yeshua, because it's one God, one way. Yeshua says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't come to the Father except if you come through me. You know, and this is what we see uh, in the beginning section. Um, he, sa he says, um, where is it? Don't really hearts be troubled, verse 1. You believe in Elohim, believe also in me. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The, this is powerful as we see uh, the, the understanding of what is being laid out in this process here. We see that um, the Father is glorifying the Son, that we may ask for anything in his name and he will do it. That's why we have to pray in the mighty name of Yeshua, the Messiah. You know, there's some people within the Hebraic, well, oh yeah, I'm not praying in the name of Yeshua. I'm just praying in the name of Yahovah. And that's how it's all going to work. And that's how it's going to be. No, you're called to pray in the name of Yeshua. Yes, you can go directly to the Father if you are in him, no problem. But, you know, there is power in the name of the Messiah. There is power and authority in his name. And he gives us authority to speak forth in his name. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And that's verse 13 and 14 of John chapter 14. So like I said, right underneath the big picture on uh, above the fireplace, I had... John chapter 14, verse 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. And I want you to get the revelation today. We don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Listen, there's so many needs around us. There's so much going on around us where you can be pulled left and right. You know, you, you can be seeking, trying to find the answers, trying to uh, just help people with all of their questions. And what we have to do is introduce them to Messiah. Introduce them to Yeshua. Don't, they don't have to have all the answers first. Bring them to the place where their eyes can be opened, where the word can come alive, where the Ruach HaKodesh can speak directly into their lives. Then you're 
effort in sharing your knowledge, your understanding, your wisdom as a believer in Messiah will have a far more powerful effect if you're leading them to Messiah first. If you're trying to answer all the questions first, you're going you're gonna to miss it. And, you know, one thing I want to say, and I've, I've shared this before, but this is an important thing I really want to uh, make a point to. You know, I remember my sister years ago, she got up uh, in the in the church. My dad was a pastor. You know, she might have been, I don't know, 17 years old or 18. And she got up and she said, well, you know, I don't really have a testimony because I came to Yeshua when I was five, six years old, and I've I've just done everything right, and I've just followed them, and I've just been, you know, seeking God with all of my heart, and I don't really have a testimony. And when she was saying this, you know, I'm a, a couple of years younger than her, and I'm thinking, man, you know, th this is a misunderstanding of what it means to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of her testimony. See, the power of your testimony is not how bad you used to be. You know, oh, hey, brother, hey, sister, can you share your testimony? Oh, yeah, let me tell you how I came to Messiah and how bad I was and, you know, how God rescued this, uh, you know, crazy person from drugs or from what, oh, yeah, it's such a bad past. Listen, this is not the authority in your testimony, the authority of your testimony is the reality of Yeshua dwelling within your life. So when you share your testimony, talk about his reality that is living within you. So when I'm sharing my faith, why am I so successful in communicating the gospel with the lost? Because I'm not telling them about how I used to be in the past. I'm telling them who Yeshua is to me today. I'm telling them what he has done within my life today. So you want to be effective in evangelism. Then it's not about feeling sorry for yourself because you weren't the worst of the worst. And, you know, you weren't the, the baddest of the baddest. And why is it all those people that were really bad? They seem to have the books and they've got all the best testimonies. Listen, you press in right where you are today. And you watch the Holy Spirit shape your life and bring supernatural transformation. You'll see a testimony that will rise up. Listen, just because you're in his presence, just because you're pressing in saying, Father, here I am. Send me. Use me. I want to be effective for your kingdom. If you will call on the name of Yahuwah, if you will press in by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've received that guaranteed seal. And man, that deposit, let me tell you, you can call on the name of Yeshua and say, I want an increase in the amount of the Spirit within my life. I, I'm not satisfied with just a little glimpse. I want more and more of Him within my life. And I'm not saying that you have to start screaming out desperation. Desperation is the foundation for compromise. We have all those songs I'm desperate for you. Listen, if you're desperate for Yeshua, it's because you're not in relationship with him, right? You know, you don't say to your wife, I'm desperate for you, right? When you're living with her, walking with her, you, you know, no, you're in fellowship, you're in union, you're together, you're one. So we're not looking for desperation. Listen, if you're, in, if you're separated from God, of course, be desperate, come back to him, right? But if you're walking with God and you start down a, a path of desperation, 
trying to experience more, you are opening yourself up to spiritual compromise. You know, you'll start chasing the anointing instead of the anointed one. And this is what we've not to do. It's not about just, oh, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit told me, he says, you watch those people that come around you as you travel and minister that say, I just I just love the anointing. I've just got to be around the anointing. He says, make sure those people are as far away from you as possible. You do not want them near your life because they are a people of compromise because they're seeking the wrong thing. They're seeking the hand and they're not seeking the face. And I've called you to be one that seeks my face, that walks in my ways. So my encouragement is to say, Father, I want an increase of my testimony of your glory being manifest within my life. And then what will start to happen? You'll just be walking about your day with your eyes open, with your ears open, and a heart that understands the very heart of the Father, and stuff will just start happening. You know, the testimonies will just start flowing. The Holy Spirit will say to you, take a left down this street, you know, like my dog trying to walk, you know. <laughs> You'll start to hear, take a left, take a right, go to this store. You might be in the store and you're so focused on the things that you want to do. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to pay for the, the shopping for that individual over there or that single mother or whatever, or that elderly person. Have the ability to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that understands and be available for the Holy Spirit to operate through your life. And let the love of Yahovah just ooze from the pores of who we are, everything of who we are. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, I'm, I'm just trying to get to verse 28. That's going to be our opening verse here on, on John chapter 14. But, um, you know, I, as you can tell, listen, I, I, I don't want to calm down, right? I don't want to chill out. I don't want to get frostbiterian on you in any way, in any shape, when we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, because this is the reality of of uh, what I have experienced, right? It's It's... Yielding to him. Listen, it's not easy. It's not easy why the flesh will fight you. And that's why some of you need to pray and fast. And you've got to deal with that flesh. You've got to say, you know what, flesh, I come against you in the mighty name of Yeshua. I am not going to walk in the flesh. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to experience the life in the spirit. That's Romans chapter 8. Get into Romans 8, go over it and say, man, it is pleasing to God if I'm living and walking in the Spirit. There's no condemnation to those who are in Messiah. But listen, if you're procrastinating with all of the sins of the world, then be condemned. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. Did you really have to say that? We're having a happy moment. Yeah. No, I have to say that because there's no condemnation in Messiah. Oh, I'm born again. You might be born again, but if you're living by the flesh, you're backsliding and you need to align yourself back to Yehovah. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you, I want you to experience the richness and the fullness of the Spirit. We prophesy in part. We know in part. So we need to yield. We've got to come to that place where we are yielding to him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. I, oh man.
put the seatbelt on. If I was driving right now, I'd have to make sure my seatbelt was on. I don't fall out of the car or something. But there's no seatbelt on here sitting at this desk here. Verse 28, You. this is 28 of John 14 now. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father and the Father, uh, uh, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens. So when it does happen, you will believe. Oh, hallelujah. This is the setup of the Spirit. This is what this is why we need the Holy Spirit. He will remind us of what Messiah has said, and he will uh he will show us what is to come. He'll teach us all things and will remind us of everything that he has said. He'll teach us all things. If you want to have authority in your life as a believer, we need to know what is to come. That's when you have authority, when you know the end from the beginning. That's why we have no fear. Why do we have no fear? I read the book. I got to the ends. I got to the end of Revelation. I got I got to the maps. Hallelujah. <laughs> the land deal. I understand the maps. Yep, I've got it. If we know the beginning to the end of the book, listen, we don't need to have fear. We know that he wins. We know that we are called to remain in him and he wins. So what is the authority that comes to us? The authority that comes to us is the revelation that Yeshua spoke forth the word. We apply the word and we see the word come to pass. We see prophecies come to pass. The, just the reality of all the prophecies concerning the Messiah. You can't choose the place of your birth. You can't wake up on a Tuesday morning and say, well, you know, I'm going to proclaim myself as the Messiah, and then I've got to try and go through all these hundreds of prophecies to make sure my life weighs up. Well, you can't choose the place of your birth. Yeshua from the line of David, hallelujah, he demonstrates that he truly is the Mashiach, the Son of the living God. So he said, I've told you this now before it happens. So when it does happen, you will believe. And what's he saying? Listen, disciples, you're going to face hardship. And I've told you, don't let your hearts be troubled. But I know you, your hearts are all going to be troubled. You're all going to disperse. You're all going to be in a total mess. And you're going to mess up. And if the disciples are going to mess up and they're walking with Yeshua, <laughs> listen, you might mess up. So instead of beating yourself up and walking with a spirit of depression, you need to humbly come before the Father and say, Father, I've messed up. I don't want to be out of fellowship with you. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to be in my rebellion. And what is our rebellion? Doubts and unbelief. Oh, boy, brother. Yeah, you know, a whole generation coming out of Egypt couldn't enter into the land because of the doubt and unbelief. Rebellion. Yeah. Do you believe? Do you believe? If you believe, you will receive what you've asked for in prayer. Oh, brother, that's the faith movement. No, it's the Bible. <laughs> it's the scripture. Yeshua wants us to be believe. He wants us to understand. I've told you these things before it happens. So when it does happen, you will believe. And this is what we see Moses do right back there in Deuteronomy chapter 30. You've just had the blessings and curses. And he says, oh, listen, when you're scarred to the nations, well, thanks for that, Moses. 
why can't you say, well, maybe if you do get scarred? No, he says, when you're scarred for the eight nations, why you're a bunch of stiff necks. <laughs> and I know you're not going to get it right. You're going to mess it up. When you're scarred to the nations, I'm going to gather you. And that's when you're going to experience the circumcision of the heart. You're going to experience true repentance. You're going to experience transformation. I'll bring you back and I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to bless you beyond anything of your forefathers. I'm going to establish my covenant with you beyond anything that you can imagine. Verse 30 of John chapter 14. I will not, uh, I will not say much more to you, um, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. We have a Messiah that was tempted in every way, just as we are tempted. And he overcame the works of the enemy. And we know the plan of the enemy is to destroy the children of Elohim. The plan of the enemy is to bring a spirit of delay and to stop you from experiencing the fullness of Yeshua. So I want you to take comfort today in the realization that you are not on your own. Yeshua said, I've got to go. But listen, I'm not leaving you on your own. I'm not leaving you as orphans. And many times in the body of Messiah, when you are in pursuit of the goodness of Yahovah and you want to experience it, you just watch those lukewarm believers around you. They're going to start trying to pull you down to their level. And, and if, if they see the glory and the blessings of Yahovah, instead of celebrating and rejoicing with you, what do they want to do? They want to isolate you, then break you. They want to control you. They want you to be like them, mediocre, lukewarm. They don't want you to experience the richness and blessing. Why? Because if you're walking in the fullness of the blessings of Yahovah, you're exposing their walk. So instead, we have many in the body of Messiah that when they see people elevating to really press in and do exploits for Yahovah, they start pushing down other believers. But we've got to encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. You know, be of faith. Seek first the kingdom of Yahovah and his righteousness. Recognize that uh, the enemy has no hold over Yeshua, over the purposes of Yeshua, and just as he could not have a hold over him on the execution stake, he cannot have a hold over you if Messiah dwells within you. Oh, hallelujah. It's the day of victory. It's the day of breakthrough. It's the day of understanding where the Father's saying, I want you to deal with every area of procrastination. I want you to deal with every area where the enemy seeks to dilute the blessings that Yeshua has for you each day. Don't go into the day and just say, well, I read my little 15 minutes or I had my half hour or I had my one hour, a cup of coffee in the presence of God. I want to ask you the question, what is the Spirit saying to you? Do you walk away feeling encouraged in the Spirit because you have fellowshiped with Him? Or did you just read a book? Did you just read good motivational things from the scripture. Did you connect in the presence of Yeshua by the Ruach HaKodesh? 
And that's what we've got to do. We've got to understand that we have the promise Ruach HaKodesh. We've got the promised spirit dwelling within us. It's our guaranteed seal. Listen, this is what activates and releases the testimony of a great God. This is what releases the favor of Yehovah, not just so you can say, oh man, I'm just so blessed and it's so awesome. You are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? The reason why the Father wants to bless us is so we can be a blessing to others. There's so much brokenheartedness. There's so much poor. There's so much needs that we just need to be Messiah to the broken, be Messiah. You know, what did Yeshua say? He said, I didn't come for the well. Oh, the well, they've got much to say. Oh, I don't need you, Yeshua. You know, oh, well, you know what are you going to teach me, Mr. Yeshua of Nazareth? You've got nothing for me. So who, he said, I didn't come for you. Yeah, I came for the sick. I came for the poor. I came for the broken. Oh, you think you've got your life all together? I haven't come for you. And listen, when I witness and I'm sharing with people on the streets, if I get this argumentative person that thinks they've got it all together, I say, listen, I didn't even come here to talk to you. I'm not here for you. You know, I don't want to waste my energy or waste your energy having a conversation with you. You're not ripe unto salvation. You're not ready. You don't want Yeshua. You just want an argument. Well, I've come for the broken, and I've come for those who are in need. So if we will focus on those, we'll see the manifestation of a mighty God. So I want you to recognize that the blessings that the Messiah is giving you, and it's not just about money or wealth. It's about our character. It's about our care. It's about our compassion. You know, some people just need a hug. Some people just need uh, mm. just need you to say you're not on your own. I'm praying for you. God loves you. We, you know, the Holy Spirit will be their comfort, and he will speak to others through your life, through your walk. So you want to be the hands and feet of Yeshua and see the victory in Messiah. So I know many of you were thinking last week, when you stopped at verse 27, you only had a couple of verses to go. What, you're going to wait till next week and just talk about a couple of verses? Listen, I want us to really receive by the Spirit what the Father is saying and Yeshua is saying in the red letters here in John chapter 14. And I want you to think about it. And listen, write to me. I want to hear from you. As you study through John 14, 15, and 16, if the Spirit's speaking to you, then send me a message. You can send me a message on social media. You can send me an email, Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening on podcast as well, uh, I'd love to hear from you. John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Let the words of Yeshua be established within your heart and recognize that discipleship is not a 12-week course at a local church. Discipleship is to know and understand the Spirit. So as we're discipling others, we're discipling them to know the voice of the Spirit, to understand the importance of fellowship in the Spirit. It's not in knowledge. It's not in the 12 steps to, you know, uh, be a better person or, or 12 steps to make sure you're on the same page as anyone else in this fellowship so you can join us and we'll all be in unity. And that's not what discipleship is, is to know the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, we've got the elders. You know, we've got the fivefold ministry. 
they'll sort out the people coming up with the weird stuff. All right, don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of weird stuff out there. There's plenty of strange, uh, you know, uh, fires and all sorts of stuff out there, of course. But I'm talking about let's get in that place where we 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 simply come before him. And I want us to do that right now. I want us to simply come before him. And I want us to examine ourselves and say, Yeshua, you know, there's areas in my life. And as we're talking right now, I know there's areas in my life that, that need to be sorted. You might have a spirit of religion or legalism right now. And the Holy Spirit saying, you need to be set free. You've been so... Uh, uh, hungry and thirsty after knowledge, it's actually become a God to you instead of the Spirit. And I want you to recognize that right now. Give us ears to hear, Ruach HaKodesh. Speak to us right now as the body. Minister to us. Help us understand what you are saying to each and every one of us today. And Father, I ask that that uh, we won't feel insecure in our testimony because we think we don't have a testimony because we weren't a drug addict or a prostitute or whatever. We didn't have a bad life before. But Father, I want us to understand. I want the body of Messiah here today to understand that we can have a great testimony of walking with you and seeing your signs and wonders within our lives. So, Father, as we search our hearts right now, as we search our hearts, we, we ask you, Father, is there something we need to deal with? Then speak to us right now. Is there an area within our life that we need to address, that we need to deal with? And I ask you, Father, to sanctify us by your Spirit. Wash us with the precious blood of Yeshua right now. Cleanse our hearts creating us a pure heart, renew a right spirit within us. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. We're not perfect, and we need you, Yeshua. And if we ever lose touch of the importance of repentance within our faith walk, you know, you'll get to that place where your heart will be so hardened that the Holy Spirit won't be able to reach you. We need to be sensitive in the in the ways of the Spirit, that we haven't got all the answers. We don't have it all right. We will make mistakes. We're not perfect. And in the midst of our failures, God, you are God. And if we don't have the Spirit, we can't live this life. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to empower us to live this life for you. Empower us to walk in your ways. And we seek first your face. Yeshua, speak to us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that your Holy Spirit will teach us all things, even the mind of Messiah. We worship you. And if you need to repent right now, if there's something that the Spirit is speaking to you of right now, and you know you need to repent, then just take that moment to repent. Just say, Father, I recognize that there's this problem within my life and I give it to you right now. And I repent before you right now. Father, I want to turn around and come back to who you've called me to be. 
I want to come back to the place of instruction. I want to come back to the place of beginnings so that I can walk in your way. I can walk in integrity. I can walk in your righteousness. So forgive me, Father, for our failings. Forgive me for the times when you called me to speak and I didn't speak. Forgive me when I didn't act the way that you called me to act. Father, I thank you. Because this is what life of walking in the Spirit is all about. It's about us having a sensitive heart to the will of God, a sensitive heart to the will of the Father so that we can walk in his ways. We give you glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name Hallelujah. of Yeshua. We've got, uh, man, so much within this. And uh, I just want to open things up. If, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if you want to share uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying. Look, this is not a place where I don't want you to confess uh, sins that might need to be dealt with in private or whatever. If you need to talk to someone about something you're going through, then reach out to one of the leaders here, to Jerry, to myself, uh, just uh, or to Bob and Hugh Getz or to Al uh, and Connie. Just reach out, and and we are here. Uh, to support you. But if uh, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and you want to share, um, I'm just going to open things up. This is our time of fellowship together uh, where we can press in together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I got something I'd like to share about being a people pleaser. I've been guilty of that myself, trying to please others with my actions or with my words. And I had a dream back when I was a teenager I'd like to share. And I was on this broad road. There were millions of people all around me. And uh, it was like a switch flipped on and we a conveyor belt started rolling and we were walking down this road. And I kept hearing somebody call my name. Chris, over here, Chris, over here. But I couldn't see nobody. Everybody else was just looking, doing, talking just walking, not paying attention to anything around them. And we got on down the road and I seen Yeshua standing on the side of the road. Mm. And I looked and he was waving me over, Chris, over here, Chris. But I was in the middle of this raging river of people and I tried my hardest to get over there, but I couldn't make it. And we, the crowd just kept carrying me on down the road. And I could all the while still hear him calling me, waving me over. But at the end of the road, I seen a cliff and flames were jumping up out of the cliff. And these people weren't paying no attention and they were just walking right off the end, right into the fire, like living life every day, not paying no attention to nothing around them. Didn't even notice it. And right before I went over, over the cliff, I woke up and it just was a revelation to me to not seek the things of the world or follow the world or it's going to destroy me. Uh, I missed you guys, all of you, in the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, I had to work, but today I'm here with you. And, Kenny, going along with your teachings, I just wanted to add 2 Timothy 3, where it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, and here it is, 
always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We've uh, we've probably all been to groups where it's like, uh, you know, we're just learning the Word of God, and it's been us four and no more for the past ten years, and it seems they're at a dead end. But exactly what you're talking about, uh, Kenny, is life in the Spirit. If we've got the Word and the Spirit, now we're going somewhere. Because when you encounter people, how are you going to know exactly what they need? You don't, but the Spirit does. And when he reveals to you, this person has a problem in this area or this area, and you tell them, their ears are now open to receive from the Word of God. I also want to uh, extend a, a praise report on uh, Jordan. Uh, again, uh, Kenny and everyone involved here, thank you so much for all your compassionate prayers, your caring, and your support. Uh, Jordan, our son of 31, had open-heart surgery October the 10th, and it has been such a supernaturally quick um, healing, an accelerated healing. It, it's blowing us away. Um, Friday, he applied for a job already. Hasn't even been a month since open-heart surgery, and I saw those pictures of when he came out of the surgery, and it was like, oh, my goodness. That's my son with with tubes in his juggler vein and tubes in his arms and, and wrists, and oh, my, he looked so weak. But he went. He applied for a job on Friday. He's got an interview on Monday. So hallelujah, praise Yahweh. He's so good and amazing. We rejoice um, at what he's doing in our son's life. Um, and we had a good conversation with Connie and Al last night. And uh, Al mentioned um, a dream that I have. And if there's time, Kenny, I'd like to share it. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So it's not that often that I have a vivid dream that I write down because my wife encourages me to write down these dreams, so I did. So I'll try and go through it quickly. It's not that long. And if anybody has an interpretation of the dream, please interrupt me and uh, volunteer that. <clears throat> so the dream opens with a house on a hill. Two young men who were twins of about 20 years old were in the house. They appeared to have auburn hair. I spoke with them briefly in the house and I was very impressed with them. I mentioned this, how uh, appealing these twins were to the next person that I saw. They also seemed to have distinct leadership attributes about them, and they were very kind and peaceful. Then the scene abruptly changes. There's a mechanic in our town who's very good at his craft. He's direct and a little gruff. Every time I've spoken about Yahweh to him, he never responded in kind and ignored the subject. I've always perceived him as atheist. In my dream, he's no longer a mechanic, but a takeout food restaurant owner. When I walked up to the counter that he was behind, he apologized for not having my order ready in a very humble manner. He looked very clean-cut and younger than I knew him originally. I was taken aback by his humble demeanor. He then immediately quoted from the book of Proverbs to me, which very much surprised me. He then disappeared, presumably to prepare my food order. I then immediately found myself on the other side of the counter in the food prep area. Then a young man of about 23 years old came in front of me and half sat on a heating register and immediately began to beautifully sing a worship song. Instantly, I was joined by many other people, all behind this food counter. The young man's voice, the song, and mostly the anointing caused me to 
get choked up, and I began to weep. I observed another young man in front of me, of whom the song had the same effect. There seemed to be a holy hush in the room, and then everyone who knew the song joined in to sing. I didn't know the words to this particular worship song, but I entered into worship anyway. There was a good mixture of younger and older people joining in. It was an amazing and exhilarating experience. Um, if no one has an interpretation, I believe Father gave me some of the uh, the interpretation that I perceived here. The, the twins at the beginning of the dream are the word of Yahweh and the spirit of Yahweh. The house on the hill is Jerusalem or the new Jerusalem. In the second scene, the mechanic turned food server represents the newly converted as the result of a great revival. The young man singing worship represents the young people leading the revival and also those responding to the revival. The other people who joined me behind the food counter represent the throngs of people who will come to faith in the revival. Heavenly Father is training many people right now who will be part of this revival. The mechanic turned food server also represents this. Heavenly Father is changing hearts, mindsets, compassion levels, prayer lives, priorities, organization skills, people skills. The Father is shuffling people around in vocations, jobs, establishing order in people's lives, also who will respond and becoming so real to so many in a real-time, intimate relationship with Him. Many people have now come to the end of themselves and are turning to Heavenly Father and His ways, whether it's salvation, rededications, or leaving the old wineskins and taking up the new wineskins. For those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, the Father of Lights is setting an order and preparing some of the work of the ministry to receive myriads of people in this coming revival harvest. For those he's preparing, or sorry, for others, he's preparing hearts and setting the stage for them to wholeheartedly receive him. I call this dream the dream about the coming revival. And that's it. Amen. Bob, that's awesome. That's amazing. You know, and I think uh, even with those who are saved, there's shifting and changing that takes place. We all have the things that we think we're going to be doing and the next steps that we want to be doing. I was meant to be on a plane out of here, actually. (laughs) I got all my visas in place and stuff to go to the U.S. and Canada, and I'm still here. But you know what? We want to be shaped and molded by the Spirit to be in place and doing what He's doing in the midst of what is going on around us man that's powerful are we ready for this revival are we ready for the change that has to take place within our lives or are we just so set on the old ways the old school mindset you know so that's a great uh a great word bob thanks for sharing that's awesome 